Welcome to Business Talk Sister Gok. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is Selling a Product at Festivals and Shows. And um, this is part of our series on the product that we launched. So if you have missed the past couple episodes, you should go back. I believe there's three episodes before this all in a row that um, talk about the launch and invention and everything of our uh, product, the Scrubby Holder, (laughs) which we are um, still playing around with the name on. And uh, essentially it is a ceramic piece of pottery that that sits on the edge of a sink with a drain and you put your sponges in it and it drains all the water out and keeps your sponges dry not stinky yeah so if you want to learn with us all about the things that we did with that product so far and how we were looking at different data on that and all that definitely check those out yeah this week however we're going to be talking about how we decided to take it in a new direction and test out what it's like to show our product at festivals and shows. Mm-hmm. So Ruthie, what is the first thing that we did? Um, so for me, I just looked up a whole bunch of different uh, art shows and festivals in Minnesota, um, which there are a substantial amount. <laughs> and then it was a matter of like narrowing down, okay, how far do we want to drive? What would be convenient for us? Like what um, what do we know about this specific group of people? Like do we know a lot about Renaissance? Personally, I don't. You know, like Becca knows sure more about that. dress up for that yeah. too. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. But like just narrowing down what would be what we would be comfortable going to and what like time frames obviously and things like that and then just how far away those places would be from us and if it would be convenient mm-hmm. if we'd have to get a hotel blah 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 if you know anybody in the area um so a couple that we did the first one was um becca signed up for an art crawl Mm-hmm. and um and it was more in a local area for us so it wasn't a big drive and then the other one that we did we were going to be is at our parents hometown and we were going to be down there for our sister's um party that we were having for her anyway so we were like well let's just do it in the same weekend um and so and the, we had a place to stay yeah mm-hmm. so and we knew great. a ton of people so that was also mm-hmm. really nice yeah and and i would say before we even jumped into this something that was really helpful for me is one episode that we did with katie allen uh her episode was titled um how to run an art and illustration business she actually did a lot of uh shows in the past and so she talked about that in her episode and and i learned a lot just about the flow of a show and how much um, how many vendors are there if it's too crowded and all those kind of things can really impact your sales and um, also looking at if there's other uh, things going on within an area at the same time. So one of the things that we learned in the first art crawl that we went to was that um, it was scheduled, the day it was on, was scheduled for the exact same time as the county fair. And um, that really doesn't push a lot of people to that event because there's other things competing for their attention. Mm -hmm. So I think a lesson we learned in that is you always have to um, look at what else is going on in the community. And you can figure that out by either doing like there's a lot of local Facebook groups where you can see like events being posted or you can even search on Facebook events and then type in the name of the town. And then um, a lot of those are on Facebook. So you can see and Google, I think, has an option for that now, too. So you can see what other things may potentially be going on and compete with your 
potential audience attendance. And some of those things can be really the exact same target market um, going on at the same time. So you really need to make sure that um, you're aware of those things when you're looking at an event. I would also say you should talk to someone who has gone to that event in the past before um, signing up. Mm-hmm. And like, so what we were saying with that, the the county fair happened to be in a completely different town than the art crawl. So if, yeah. if there is something that you're like, oh, there's going to be a lot of people in this area, it might be for something, a different event, but they could also come to this too. So just kind of weigh that mm-hmm. when you're thinking about And the that. distance between the different yeah. events and if there's going to be crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so in talking with people about is there... Uh, a good opportunity for me to go to this what was the attendance like last time um sometimes the show people who are setting up the show will provide that information to you and other times they won't (laughs) yeah and even if they do i would still be like "Mm, i want to talk to somebody else Mm -hmm. and the nice thing is most um events have a lot of their outdated information from the previous year still on their websites Mm -hmm. and so or they have pictures from the past and they showcase different people that were there so you can even scroll through and see who else was there and if you find somebody maybe you know or maybe you're just like well they sell something that's not the same as me but i bet they are in a specific um, group of items where I could get a lot of knowledge from them regarding whether this is a good fit or not. Mm -hmm. You can actually just reach out to that person and say, hey, I saw you at the show. I'm thinking of going there. What would you give me as feedback about that? And what what should I know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then another thing that we learned is the difference between an indoor show and an outdoor show. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just like it's a different vibe and we were right in the indoor show we were right next to a guy who was playing music um which was awesome it was like super fun let's just say like those kind of shows where you're with other people that are doing really cool stuff great networking opportunities Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. learn a lot from those people and he was referring people to us the whole time (laughs) he'd be like we'd be doing something and then he was like go and and check out this these people table and everything and um so it was really fun and we had a good time um but i during that compiled a list of different items that would be really helpful to have uh and this is more it's it's more geared towards an outdoor one, but you can like just weed out the things that maybe wouldn't be relevant for indoor. Um, so here's my list. Tape, scissors, price tags for everything. It's like having everything. It's like going to that a garage sale. Yeah. yeah. Going to a garage sale and having nothing priced, it's really uncomfortable. And you're like, I like this, but I have no idea how much it's going to cost. And so then you don't buy anything. But like sticky price tags so that they actually stick to the products so they don't blow away in the wind. Permanent markers a tent if you can like one of those little pop-up guys because the sun can be grueling sometimes it's not a good time to not have a tent (laughs) yeah or if it rains and if you have a tent you also need to bring uh, weights Mm -hmm. because sometimes the wind can take them that was on my list and also there's a requirement sometimes where they will not allow you to put tent pegs in the ground Mm -hmm. because of their sprinkler systems yeah um so permanent markers tent table clips like for tablecloths to hold Mm. them down because otherwise your tablecloth could be going wild and one thing that becca and i also learned is that it could be a valuable investment for you to get cloth tablecloths like Mm -hmm. heavier cloth we use plastic ones and they were fine but they were blowing all over the place they didn't look as classy other people who had cloth ones or like burlap things like that that held a little bit better in the wind and Mm -hmm. still provided like some more dimension to your booth Mm -hmm. um so that's something to consider 
stickers if you have them for your um promotional brand mm-hmm, chairs enough to like that everybody can comfortably sit in your booth and the, if, if people come and visit you i liked having we had um extra I think like, chairs yeah so that when our family or friends or whatever came then or they just could sit other with people us. that want to come talk to you because we totally had that happen yeah and people would just be like hey tell me about this and they just come sit down and talk to you mm-hmm um tables obviously that's kind of a given uh heavy things for yeah weighing down the tent becca mentioned that a notebook to keep track of everything or whatever you're doing to track your sales inventory tracking. yeah inventory tracking having a system for that um if there's some way that you can have like an email sign up like if you're gonna do one thing that uh, just different trade shows and things like that that we've been to where people will have like some kind of competition like guess how many <laughs> mollusks are in this jar we right just now went to a dnr booth okay yeah. and it wasn't mm. it was not mollusks. oh sorry that's like zebra totally muscles ocean. yeah zebra muscles my bad um yeah but like and then you can re- quickly build your email list if you do that i saw well, like a financial booth that had like it was really cool they had like a, a sign up but it had a perforated line where you would tear off the top and put that in your entry and then the the, the, the bottom part was like information about them that you're supposed to keep and it also had a little disclaimer of like by signing up for this you are agreeing to be receiving information from this firm and i was like ha wow i didn't read that until after i did this but now i know so any way that you can kind of build up an email list even if you don't have one right now you might want one in the future and it'd be nice to have that already kind of established Especially if you're like hey i'm going to be going to this event and when people hear you're coming and they really want something you have they'll go to it sometimes yeah we've learned that from other people yeah uh, a garbage can is always nice to have so that your garbage isn't flying around all over the place. Um, shopping bags for people like for your product and things like that. Some people at, at a lot of shows, they're pretty fine with you just using like a Walmart bag or something like that. Um, but kind of recycle people. Yeah. Recycle. You don't have to spend more money on that. Um, and then your business cards is the other thing. Uh, like if you have we want people to reach out to you mm-hmm. or things like that. And then the last thing that I was going to say is borrow stuff. Like you don't need to go out and buy all of the tables or buy a new tent or buy all these weights, like whatever. Just like find out what people have and then just ask them, hey, can I use this for six hours on a Saturday? And then you don't have to go out and and Yeah, especially if you're just your starting cost. out. You don't want to have all those investment costs and then realize later, oh, I never actually want to do this. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing too that we learned is that like, so both Becca and I are incredibly extroverted. <laughs> Most of the time to a fault on my end. <laughs> I just talk way too much to people. But anyways, so like the... um if that's not your vibe then maybe selling online is better for you (laughs) but here's the thing that we found is that um our pottery is like a conversation starter and also too um because i am a potter like in when i have the time and i have the resources to do it um i have a lot of other stuff and i learned from other people before we went you can't just bring one product you have to bring a variety to attract people's attention and whether that's like if you're selling soap and you have different smells or whatever, you have to have a variety so that it makes people want to come over and look for a little while. And so I've done some different art pieces that are pretty large as well as some smaller things. And so having like a variety of different things, even though saying, I know that these are probably not going to sell at all and I'm perfectly fine with that. And I really don't want them to sell because those are my attraction pieces. Um, but I want and I know that this is the main product that's going to sell. Mm-hmm. But having those makes people linger more to look at the different things. So they're not just like, I saw it all and I can move on. 
And if that's intimidating to you where you're like, I don't know what else I could have in my booth, try to partner with somebody else. Yeah, um, that's we got something... to do that and that was super fun. Mm-hmm. And they, like good friends of ours that I was just like, hey, would you want to feature some of your organic like grain and barley in our booth? And they were like, yeah. And it worked out perfectly because it, we could talk to like talk up their brand and they could talk up our brand and we could just like do a little bit more because it's it's it is hard to sell yourself over and over again but if you can sell somebody else and they can sell you it's way I don't know it's more fun and it, it was just more fun in general to have them there and like just kind somebody of, to talk to yeah and also I would say that like um don't do something that's completely unrelated to you your stuff like if we had I don't know keeping in they were like handmade or like organic or whatever we were Mm kind of in that category but yeah if it's like completely like oh this is a like you injection molded this and it's plastic it probably wouldn't be a good fit yeah right so another thing that i was going to mention um that we learned is that it's really important like ruthie said to track your inventory um because and and this will change by the town you are in as well as the county you have to pay sales tax and um if you don't charge that in the transaction regardless of if you're using like a venmo or like checks or cash payments whatever that is um which by the way i would not recommend having people write you checks because checks bounce sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and it's really hard to track that person down later on especially at a vendor show like that um but when you're doing those things you need to know what the tax rate is in your location because you would be surprised how much that can eat your profit margin if you're not doing that because then you'll have to pay it out of your profit margin. Um, because in one area that we were in, I mean, their sales tax rate is like 8%, a little over 8%. But then in another area, it's like 7 or 6%. So I, I can't remember what the state of Minnesota is, but you're always going to have to pay the state tax. But then the county sometimes has a tax and then the city that you're in sometimes has a tax. So those are all really complicated things that are actually pretty easy to find out if you just literally google the name and the state and say sales tax rate and then it'll break it down for you so don't get too nervous about that but just know that that's something you're going to need to account for at the beginning because otherwise um, if you don't either mark up your products to account for that or um, say and this is the price but there's also sales tax and charge that for the consumer pays for it you're gonna have problems later okay yeah. Also, I would say that people at trade shows don't really like when you add tax. Like they like to have like the actual price on the item. They know what they're going to pay and then because it's very cash transaction a lot and they like to be mm-hmm. able to play, pay in exact numbers and know what that is. So. Yeah. So just factor it in and, and figure out what that is for you. And I also like was so nervous about this, like that, like, oh, what if I'm not paying the right amount? All this stuff. You guys, yes, that happens. But guess what? I called just the Minnesota State Revenue like phone number probably five different times. Mm-hmm. And they're so nice and they want your money. So they're going to show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also it is, we talked about this in our tax episode, but it is a viable excuse to say, I didn't know. Like if you ever get, yeah, get taken to You're still going to have to pay it back. Yeah. But, but you won't necessarily go to prison. So yeah, you, know, you don't have to have the weight of that. Yeah, but you could get your bank accounts frozen and garnish yeah. wages for the rest of your life. So for the rest of your life. Well, until it's paid off. Anyways. Until it's paid off. <laughs> <laughs> just echoing everything. We're not trying to scare you. We're trying to tell you we just want you to do it right from the first time mm-hmm. so that you don't have 
to have any of those issues. And if you have a question about it, you can message us on Instagram. Business talk, sister gawk, underscores between each word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next thing that we love talking about and Ruthie kind of mentioned a little bit was the stories aspect. Um, and I love also asking people a question um, because it engages them and you hear about some really cool things. So um, I, I love that like because it's basically like interviewing a podcast guest and it's just like, wow, we get to do this all day long. How exciting. Um, and so one of the things that we did because we have the podcast is we would say, hey, this is a product. We're testing it out. This is one of the first times at a trade show or uh, sorry, vendor show. And we're trying to document what we're learning from it. And uh, yeah, so this is what we did. And this is machine washable. And then you start talking about the product and why you made it the way you did and all that kind of stuff and people are like wow that's really cool but the thing that really gets them going or like keeping them around for a little bit is when you ask them a question so it's oh so are you from the area or how did you hear about this event and those are simple things you can say that are also valuable information for you to know what the geographic reach is and also um what kind of other information like what were they doing for their marketing those are two easy things you could ask one of the things that i ask because i'm a nerd and i want to know this is i always ask people have you you ever thought about starting a business and you would be surprised the amount of people that start telling you about something that they've been working on mm -hmm. and they just light up and so when you ask them about it then you're like well tell me about this i i've heard of this but not in this area or why do you use reclaimed wood versus wood from the store or whatever it is for the thing that they're passionate about and it just opens up so many new um interesting things and then when other people start walking by they're listening to your conversation sometimes and they sometimes stay just to listen to the conversation <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's lots of ways uh to connect with people while you're there and I would say too with that, that like it's nice to have a good spread of tables across that's kind of wider so that if you are engaged in conversation on one side of the table, other people can stop and look on, on the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're taking up the entire booth by being there and talking to you. Like they have space that they can check out other stuff yeah. around those people. And the other thing I was going to say too is that it was really helpful to have more than one person in the booth yes. so that if you had to go to the bathroom or had to whatever like and also it was really nice of like I don't know why but I just like it just was so comforting to me to have me telling a story and you giving the person change or you telling the story and me giving the person yeah, change so it wasn't yeah. like they're just like watching you aggressively yeah <laughs> like, so there's like know. somebody can still create that conversation yeah. when like the monotonous part needs to happen of like i'm gonna make sure that i give you the right amount of money back mm -hmm. yeah definitely i would say um another thing we learned is that while you're setting up, um, you want to give yourself um, ample time to get there in advance. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of times at open air shows, especially outside, people can come early. Mm -hmm. And even though the, the event hasn't even started, if there's no admission fee, people can literally be there and wandering around and um, scoping out what they're going to get later on. Mm -hmm. And I will say this is really significant for festivals and special events. When people come to those, they are preparing to spend money, period. Mm -hmm. Most people are not going and thinking, I'm not going to spend a dime. 
And because it's an event, they're open to new things. They're open to trying. There's there's a whole lot of like the study of culture and people that new in, ideas being introduced in a big group environment take hold a lot faster because people are in that open-minded state. And that comes also with trying new, new foods and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's important that we want you guys to know that because um, – when we were talking about in our online data of these organic um, interactions that we were having within a Facebook group and then converting to actual sales. Now, there probably was way more people, I think we said 1,200 people that interacted with something that we were doing Mm -hmm. and they were excited about it. But the reality is that it was a very small percentage that actually bought the product. And at a, at a show, it's actually a little bit different because people are already prepped to spend money. They're just trying to choose what they want to spend their money on. So that conversion rate is going to be higher. And I honestly, I was like, for every thousand people that come through, I'll probably sell one thing or whatever. And that wasn't true. It was honestly, we didn't even have a thousand people come through. <laughs> and with that, we still sold a considerable amount more than I was expecting. Yeah. And I happen to know a lot of people that came through. Um, so like, cause it was in where we grew up and stuff. So it was like when people would come through, then I would just like start talking with them and everything. And then Becca didn't know as many people, but they, then I could introduce like Becca to them and we talk about the podcast and we talk about what we're up to and whatever and um so that is also something to keep in mind when you're picking trade shows that if you know a lot of people in the area it's a lot easier to get people to stop at your booth and just talk with you and sometimes you get a pity buy every now and then (laughs) but a buy is a buy (laughs) um man okay yeah you know what pity buys are okay yeah because that's the thing about having a physical product is I do not feel bad. I'm like, either you find value in it or you don't. And mm-hmm. that's okay. You don't have to buy it. But if you do, if you don't think it's valuable, but you wanted to buy it, you're going to give it to someone who will find value in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to summarize some of the key takeaways from our past couple episodes, and then we're going to transition into our sister gawk. Um, but the first one uh, that was just kind of consistent throughout all of this is that it takes time and a lot of planning and testing to be able to launch a product. And there's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that it's going to go a lot slower than you think it was mm-hmm. going to. That's mm-hmm. okay. Um, try The next thing is try to budget and anticipate all expenses before starting or you will start to feel stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I always try to over budget because um, there are going to be unforeseen things you don't realize you're going to need. Mm-hmm. And then if you have that at the beginning and you have that fund of okay that's all right but know what your costs are the whole time so you know where you need to price your stuff Another point that we had was networking with people and trying to talk to people who have done it before you because they're going to know a lot of those hidden expenses that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll be able to to help you kind of in that planning process. And then they're just also a valuable asset even for morale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, know your personality and the channels that you're going to be most comfortable with in selling your products. Um, some people, they're saying, I would never be able to talk in front of anyone. Okay, so then choose a channel that's maybe online or um, where you have more time to write content to make that introduction of your product more calculated. And the next thing we had was, if you don't have any money, that is the birth of innovation typically. <laughs> so um, whether it's saving on your packaging costs or figuring out a way to get something from point A to point B, um, all these different things are really 
opportunities to figure out how to make it cheaper or um, invent something that does the same thing that this expensive um, manufacturing process or whatever it has to do with your product. Mm -hmm. So always take that as a challenge, not as a defeat that, oh, well, there's no way I could do this because of this. Do a lot of research, know your target market, know what keywords you should use to describe your product and things like that, what people are actually looking for and searching for online. Um, And then just be okay with people saying no. Not everybody is gonna be your target market. Statistically, that doesn't even make any sense. Um, So it's not like water or food where everybody's just gonna need that and want that. Like you have to know that there is a niche market and you just need to find those people. And also, I'm just gonna argue the fact that there are a bazillion brands of bottled water. So just because people need it. Chippewa Falls. (laughs) That's a good time. (laughs) Think about the fact that people buy different brands of bottled water, Mm -hmm. even though they all need water. Okay. Anyways, so uh, we're going to talk about a gawk. What Mm. what do we got? Well, we're going to talk about some angry bees. (laughs) So first, yeah, yeah, I was going to talk about this same tarp that we've had issues with. That We had issues a couple summers ago. We'll get to that. But like this one, specifically my dad... It, like we said, just has a personal vendetta against when bees make their home surrounding hours. <laughs> and so my mom convinced my dad to go out in the middle of the night and attack. <laughs> because this. that's when bees are sleeping. Supposedly, and they're all home. They're not sleeping. They were very much awake. <laughs> and so she had our youngest brother, Micah, lift up the tarp and then dad like spray it. But then all the bees were like, ready to party that <laughs> just attacked them and stung them a whole bunch oh, of times man. and then he sent all these pictures to our group chat and was like your mother thought it would be a good idea and all this stuff and, and it's like also dark so you don't even know where they're coming yeah, from he was like i couldn't even see them they just kept coming and coming <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is just a bad plan so same tarp a couple years ago also i'm deathly afraid of insects it just it's a reoccurring theme in my life but so same tarp i wanted my brother-in-law or my brother to come over and help me spray it over his lunch break but he was busy and so then i called our youth pastor and was like hey bro like could you just come over here and help me spray this and he was like don't you have family <laughs> that could do that for you and he I literally was like, was like no <laughs> he was like i might be allergic i've never been stung i was like well there's only one way to find out i guess <laughs> what and a then, kind person you are i know yeah well anyways and so then he was like no i'm not doing that have one of your brothers do it and so my oldest brother did come over on his lunch break and and help me with it and we sprayed it and it, it apparently it just didn't do much good because it came back so there you go yeah bees <laughs> we've had a reoccurring theme of i feel bees. like mo- when you say bees that's like an all-inclusive term because i feel like wasps. 90% of the time it's wasps wasps <laughs> yeah true okay well thank you for joining us this week if you enjoyed this series and you're thinking about uh, launching a product let us know because we would love to hear about it uh you can connect with us on instagram business talk sister Gawk, all underscored between the words And we will see you next week.